the Old Fashioned Breakdown Podcast, a rewatch podcast for the mysteriously intriguing TV show Mad Men. My name is Helen Varley. And my name is Fola Olakumbi. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and comment and subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do on Twitter, which is at breakdown um, underscore old. I don't do this often, so. Uh, or email us on oldfashionedbreakdown at gmail.com. That's oldfashioned.breakdown at gmail.com. It is indeed. <laughs> in this episode, Betty has a fumble in the hay. Bloody hell. <laughs> Fola wrote this, just so you know. Betty has a fumble in the hay, dot, 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 almost. Harry breaks British privacy laws and Don becomes Don again. I'm not sure I watched the right episode based on this, but okay. That's what happened, apparently. That's exactly what happened. That's, uh, yeah. Um... What do you think of this episode? I think... Right, I'm going to say what I think of this episode, right? I can't wait. Do you gonna, do? No, no. I'll write, so, you know, like, you get, like, anime series and they have, like, tons of filler episodes. <laughs> this feels like a filler episode, okay? Because nothing really happens. Okay. Right? And you've got, like, some of the main characters, like, what's happened to Pete? Like, we've just had this huge thing happen to Pete. Not even in it, right? Yeah. Yep. Peggy's in, like, one scene. Yeah, yeah she is. True, yeah, she's true. in, like, one scene. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of like random shit that happens. Like I'm not being funny, but it's like okay, there's this. So Don, what we should, what you should have written yeah. is Don skives off work to go to the movies, then blames his assistant. Yeah. Betty has a bit of weird flirtation going on with some very random man at the stable. <laughs> yeah. And Harry's a bit pissed off because he figured out that someone else is getting paid more than him, and that's kind of what happens in this episode. Like there isn't anything else that I was like, whoa, that's profound or that's beautiful. I was like, these people are just a bunch of like scallies at work, aren't they? They're just like they're just like one of them is paying me more, the other one's skiving off, and you know, and then there's like a whole bunch of like awful, degrading fat jokes in it. Like that's where we're at for this. Are you okay, Helen? <laughs> I'm angry. I'm angry at life this week. Um, okay, that's interesting. I thought this is like really, 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 really profound and like loads of stuff was going on in it and stuff. So I don't know. So uh, this episode of the podcast will be mostly Fola talking because I don't have a whole lot to say. I think you'll find it. I think you'll find a lot to say. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you just say? You just kind of reminded me of something when you were talking. Um, yeah, so... Okay, so let's talk about this from the... from. The, so first of all, I don't have any philosophical points. Oh my God, holy I don't, Jesus. Don't have any, I don't have any big others or... Well, actually, I do have a, proper, a couple of triangles. But I don't have anything else. I, I mean, mean, there's a ton of triangles in this. You think so? Yeah. Do you want to... Well, actually, there's like the triangle of like, you know... It's not really a triangle, but it's, uh, you know, it's like Jimmy and his wife and Don are in some sort of like weird triangle. Don and Betty and the stable boy are in some sort of weird triangle. Harry, his wife and Ken Cosgrove are in some sort of weird triangle. Like there's lots of triangles. Mm, yeah, maybe. Um, that's one of the triangles I saw, but we can look at that later. Um, but okay, so the big thing I'll say about this episode for me is, remember... The episode, uh, what was it called? Uh, Indian Summer. Indian yes. Summer was the one where Peggy finally asked for a raise, and it was like the one I yes. was the one I said that like um, is like this big sort of call to arms for like feminism and all this kind of stuff, and it's all like oh yeah, 
all the characters kind of all the female characters sort of like you know doing things on their own and and you know it's the end of um it's the end of like summer and it's like things start to cool down and stuff and all this kind of stuff and you know sex is all like air conditioning and all that kind of crap Mm -hmm. well i think this episode is the direct kind of flip of that so obviously in this episode you get um harry asking for a raise right Mm. and you also get um what's her name uh lois losing her job yeah and you also get the scene with don and bobby when they start shagging in the car and it starts hailstoning yeah so that scene was weird it was weird and I think the reason it starts, I think the significance of the hailstone when the, when the, when <laughs> Here the we dragon, go. if you remember the, the way the season started, it started on uh, Valentine's Day, mm. so that's like February, and it's been said that each episode is basically a month, so like set over a okay. month. Okay. So that basically means we're in April now? February, March, April. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, you know, next, next month is going to be summer, so this is kind of the end of the cold. I okay. I think start to get hot again. If you remember, like, the heat was kind of almost like Don's kind of happy time when he was shagging everything. Uh, he enjoys the heat, and Betty doesn't enjoy the heat. She wants cold, and she wants kind of, you know, air conditioning and stuff. Mm. And I think we're returning back to more of what Don kind of enjoys, and it's more of a return to, I don't know, quote-unquote form for Don. I mean, yeah, he's turned back into his arsehole self, <laughs> for sure. Um, so that's why I think it's significant. I think there's loads going on that. What did you think, if, if anything, did you think there was like a particular theme or anything that you kind of locked onto with this one? Um, I mean, the only thing I'd really say is it's it's really sort of about like what it's like. It's it's kind of like I mean, the name of the episode is the benefactor, and it's about what people do for one another really isn't it wow yeah um yeah. i mean it's i think the the trick is in the sort of the title really yeah. um because it's all about you know you scratch my back i'll scratch yours type situations okay but also you know who who's got the power and who doesn't have the power and okay you know who's feeding who with what because it's like you've got that circle i mean if you take the um don is her name bobby the wife is yeah, it yeah Don, Bobby and Jimmy um, situation. It's almost like, and, and Sterling Cooper's part of that too. There's this big circle as to who, because Don's at a point where he's at the movies. He doesn't even give a shit, yeah, right? Yeah. So at that point, it's like, he thinks it's in control. Um, it's someone else's job. Jimmy is kind of saying whatever he wants, but what people don't realize at that point is that he has his manager, also wife, in the background controlling him like a little puppet. Yeah. Um, but overarching all of that is sort of Sterling Cooper. And then actually you can include the Sterlings in that, can't you? Cause yeah, yeah, you can. They, they are the Sterlings, aren't they? The What do you mean? The, the lady and the gentleman from the beginning. The shillings. The shillings. The shillings, yes. I was going to say, oh my God, did I miss that whole... Are they like the <laughs> grandparents of Sterling Cooper? Did I just miss a whole thing? But no, the shillings... Um, they're sort of in that as well. Okay, that's interesting because um, obviously I listen, I cheat a lot and listen to everything I can get my hands on. And I've been listening to the uh, commentary from Matthew Weiner. Mm. And he says it's basically, yeah, it's 
about couples and how couples work together and how they sort of how one person does one thing for the other uh and i was kind of like and i've got to be honest when i watched it i didn't think that's all okay (laughs) even though it says the benefactor in the title well i didn't really see it as i didn't really see the benefactor as you know as in terms of these people helping each other out i saw it more as the benefactor because the way i watched this episode was where and I was telling you, I told you I watched it before we did the review of the last one. Mm. And when I got into it, the first thing that I noticed was just the whole opening scene with um, with Jimmy. Yeah. And he's in that scene and it's just him by himself. And at one minute he's being quite funny. Next minute he's telling everyone what to do. And it's kind of like he has all this respect and all this kind of, he's like dominating the scene and he's mm. kind of quite... I don't know, forceful, something obviously very cruel at some some points. And to me, it was, that's what I saw through the whole, the first time I watched it, was that was the, all I saw through it, was like this whole streak of like meanness from a lot of the characters. And what's interesting about the title, um, The Benefactor, is it's based on an actual TV, uh, actual episode of, of um, this show called uh, The Defenders. Yeah, it's called the. Defense. Oh, which is the the thing that they're watching. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing that they're watching, and I think I actually think the proper, the full title of the episode for me is the defenders version. the the def- The defenders and the benefactor, if that makes any sense. It's not a snappy. It's not snappy at all. No, it doesn't really work. That's probably why they didn't go with it. Um, but what I mean by that is. You know, you've got the benefactor. The benefactor's all the way through. I I would term the benefactor as like the authority, the situation, the kind of like the person that um, does things but gets things back, right? Mm. But then you've got the defenders that kind of, you know, that that term to me is kind of almost like an enabling term where it almost kind of helps. The, it is what the benefactor benefits from, if that makes any sense. I don't know. I, this is just I mean, like the way it's... I see it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's like even in a situation where you're defending something, yeah. there is a party involved that will benefit. Yeah, yeah. So, what, in, what... but then in essence, isn't everyone a benefactor? Yeah, I guess you can say that. Hmm. I'm just, I'm, just, I find it interesting that the show that the the episode, the show that the episode, the benefactor comes from, is called the Defenders. I think that's that to me, that's kind of significant. It kind of hmm. works, and it's kind of because. One of the things you see in the show is, like I said, I think there is that mean streak of like really dominant characters taking over and telling other characters what to do and stuff. But then these other characters that are being bossed around, like say Lois or um, what's his name? Um, Arthur, who I've termed Tim Nicebitdim. Um, <laughs> and who else? Um, even, what's his name? Harry. They're kind of... The benefactors, I wouldn't call them benefactors as such, and more kind of, even even like Betty, she's kind of like, she kind of enables a lot of stuff that goes on um, with these kind of more dominant characters. And it's almost like, you know, defending that kind of behavior. Like, one of the things I think about this whole season that we've seen up till this point is, um, and this is going to sound a bit weird, and like some people might, disagree with this and um, call me some kind of douchebag for saying it but like I feel like one of the focuses on this this season is how the women in this season seem to at the moment seem to be almost creating this kind of 
bad situation for themselves and almost kind of enabling the guys to be douchebags. So in this episode, I think the best way of describing it in this episode is there's, you know, Betty and her friend. And it's not just in this episode. It's in like the first time we see them as well. Mm. The first time we see them, they're, they're walking through the stables and they're just slagging off their daughters and just kind of like talking about how fat they are and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, that's not really helpful to them. Do you know what I mean? And then also on top of that, you've got, like I say, Betty, who does this thing where she's, all she wants to do is basically be almost like an instrument for Don. And I'm not saying that she, that's all she wants. That's, But she kind of leans into that a bit. And, you know, the final scene where she's crying because she's happy that he's just using her in that way feels a bit weird. I don't know. It feels a bit off to me. What do you think? Well, I think it's, you know, I think it, with any relationship that you get into, yeah you're with that person because they benefit you in some way. Like right. there is a reason that you are with them. Now you could look at Betty or any housewife and say, well, they're there for the money. They're there for the security. Yeah. But you know, unfortunately for Betty, Don gives her purpose as well. Yeah. Like without, like she doesn't appreciate the situation with Arthur exactly. Like if you look at the two situations, I mean, I mean, Jimmy is way more sort of forward than he is. Um, but because she is, she's allowed in that situation, her, her husband has always given her permission to be who she wants to be. Mm. And that sort of flirty, like, you know, idolised beauty. But in her own stead, she doesn't, you know, she likes, she, I think she likes him having that control. She likes feeling part of that. Whereas you know, by having, by starting an affair with Arthur or whatever he's called, you know, she's Tim, risking nice something. But nice but dim. <laughs> I mean, I don't get him. He's a bit, he's a bit woolly, isn't he? I mean, let's be honest. Like, he's just a bit, like, I don't know why she's, he's not even, she's, I mean, she's going out with Don bloody Draper. Like, I mean, he's well <laughs> fitter. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think she's kind of, well, basically she's a bit, I think the both of them are a bit kind of going through the motions in their relationship so basically with the last two episodes we've seen we've seen don like trying to be really good and trying to be sort of like you know fit into this kind of mode of not arguing and sort of like being as placated as he can be and that's not what a real relationship is i feel i feel like in this episode and i'll go into it a bit more because i think it's really cool um the scenes with um harry and his wife kind of reflect what you know an idealized relationship quote unquote mm. like and when they make that first phone call, um, when they f speak to each other for the first time uh, that we see in the episode, like she, um, his wife picks up the phone and she's like really kind of defensive, like she feels like she's done something wrong. Mm. And he has to tell her, no, you, like calm down, it's all right. I just, and then, and there's this kind of to and froing of them sort of like almost nipping at each other. Um, even though they kind of like really clearly love each other, they're just kind of very. They're not, it's not all kind of like polite and kind of nice and kind of, it's, there's a tiny bit of edge there, a tiny bit, not much, but there's enough to kind of like say, when, when he's, there's enough that you know that when she gets like nervous, there's kind of like that hint that, oh, maybe she thinks he's cheating on her and, and he's like leaving well, or something. Well, that's because of the past. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think, I think with their relationship, my opinion on that is that that um you know he 
he very i think he loves her um but i think she gives him purpose she's a bit like she's a bit more of almost the benefactor than he is yes he supplies the money yeah but she provides the standards to which he must live in a way that you know you're not earning enough money or you're not doing this or you're not doing that and 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 although that's not like a monetary thing you know it's a drive it's a purpose it's a reason for him to to yeah yeah, Yeah, a, a reason for him to like pursue this injustice in salary um because you know if it i don't think if it was for her he i don't think he would have said anything right right Um, and the fact that is that he keeps saying things like i'm married and i deserve more money like that automatically you know it's not about skill it's not about merit as that little exchange with sal says it's not about it's not about that he's just like well i'm in this situation like why is it that a single guy is getting paid yeah yeah see he sees himself more than me compares himself to him and he's like i need it more than him exactly and that's that's another but but this is what i'm saying is this is why there's a chain because it's kind of like that whole exchange with sal is about you know sal kind of says to him well you know if the company got rid of you what would it would it cost them anything yeah yeah and the truth is I think he realizes that no, it wouldn't. He's replaceable, yeah. and that's the thing. So, in terms of he has to be able to be in a position, which is why the whole thing with the defenders happens. He has to be in a in a situation to make him, you know, they are the benefactors, but he needs to give himself a reason to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think that's that's what it, it's the value. It's the kind of like what is he getting back and then he gets and he's quite chuffed with his little pay increase and i was sort of a bit like what <laughs> you settled at two and a quarter yeah that's just like rubbish <laughs> that's only 25 dollars increase isn't it isn't it yeah something like that um it's a bit crap i think um yeah so i totally agree with all that i don't know if i should go into it now but i'll i'll hint at it now maybe if, if it works and i'll keep talking about it but so for me harry in this episode is really interesting because I feel like Harry's almost like a weird sort of flashback to Don when he was just starting out in the company. And it kind of all kind of tracks in all his scenes after. So basically, you know, when you see Don sitting in the cinema Mm. and he's watching this, he's watching this weird film that nobody knows the name of. I've tried to hunt it down, couldn't find it. But the whole thing is like he's watching this. the, The thing that they're talking about in the film is like, this poem i can't remember what the poem's called uh, something about strong women or something like that it's like basically and it's just listing all these strong women and and um and talking about them and in the scene you see a handprint right and it reminds well after Weiner says it he put it in the film because it reminded him of the scene in the wheel when um harry put his hand up remember that no. Remember when Don and Harry are in the you know, Harry's in his underpants and they're in the office and they're kind of talking. Oh yeah. And he says, "I, you know, when I used to it starts talking about the caves and all that kind of stuff mm. and how like the past is like talking to you and all that kind of stuff." So that that scene's about the past, and um, I was just wondering why he would put that that thing there. Um, and then you see, oh, what's the next scene? can't remember now but all the way through anytime you see harry really and specifically when he goes to see roger it feels to me like roger says something roger Roger says something about how he thinks somebody had told on harry and 
it backfired in their face mm. which obviously reminds you of what happened yeah with. yeah so it's kind of like there's this little things where like little nods to the fact that harry is kind of almost maybe not the same person but like following some similar trajectory even the fact at the end of the scene with roger when they're when roger pours a drink and he hands it to harry it's very much like every time roger goes into don's office and gives him a drink and it's kind of and there's a bit where when he walks into the when he when um, Harry walks into the office, you see Roger sat at his desk in that really sort of um, what's the word um, uh, symmetrical kind of shot, mm. and you see uh, you see Rod, um, Harry walk in. And you can see his arm like the bottom of his arm, and it's almost like the beginning of the episode. You know the the, the credits in the episode. So you, it mm. kind of evokes a lot of kind of like who Don is, and yeah, it feels like. If, so it feels like this episode is kind of pointing to some sort of origin of Don and how Don became who Don is. On top of that, right? Right. There's another scene. So the scene where Don walks into onto the set and he's waiting for, well, he's waiting for Jimmy, but Bobby I turns I love up. that scene. That's so it's beautiful. Really good scene. And yeah. like, you notice how it's all in black and white. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like, again, that feels like another almost another side of Don and how like he met his first woman in a bar or he kind of like just hanging out in a bar and you'd imagine like Don having run away from you know doing all the you know taking on someone else's identity and kind of by himself in a bar and not really sure how to conduct himself around people and then this strong woman comes up and like starts talking to him and like how that would go on do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. I mean, that, that one's kind of like a bit of a reach maybe, but that's kind of how I kind of choose to see it now. <laughs> I feel like I'm just throwing stuff at you now. No, I mean, I can see what you're getting at, like the fact that he blames Lois for the fact that he skived off and yeah. she tried to cover for him. Um, I think also the fact that he has to clean up the mess. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. much as a whole. Like, that's a bit of a link back to, like, right at the very beginning when he had to sort out that, like, um, that smoking, was it? There was, like, a smoking argument or something. What do you mean? About, you know, was it the, like, the um, the cigarettes, what they're called? The ones oh, that they the, look after? Yeah, 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 the um, Lucky Strikes. Yeah, yeah, wasn't there, like, a big thing where, like, Pete or someone did something regarding health? No, so there is that. So I don't know about what you're saying particularly. Yeah. But there is a scene. There's a bit in. So there's a bit in this this episode where, um, where they're in the where they're talking to the Belgian guys, right? Or yes. Like, yeah. Or, yeah. And um, they're talking to them, and then at one point, Ken out of nowhere goes, "We can talk about putting on a warning. Research shows rules are made to be broken." And like that's nothing. That's not in any episode. Mm. But the whole point of the scene with uh, Pete and Don in that um, Lucky Strike uh, meeting was that Pete stole the research and then went on this thing about how you know you do the opposite of what people want. So to me, it was like a really similar kind of scene. Mm. Um, and I can't remember why that why that was significant, but. It kind of yeah, that that kind of jumped out on me, and I can't remember why. But yeah, sorry, I'm I'm just babbling now. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring out the fact that um, that 
yeah, that, I feel like a lot of this is like kind of like an origin story for Don and how he's kind of how he became who he is. So are you basically saying that every spring Donald Draper gets reborn? <laughs> he gives up his bad habits for the winter and oh, then yeah. he comes back. It is spring. Yeah, and he comes back into season and yeah. There was another thing that came up as well. Um, it's really interesting. I actually wanted to start the episode with this, and that, but we kind of got um, kind of got taken off track um so when arthur is trying to put the moves on betty in the stables Mm. uh, he comes up with this he talks about this this story this short story called the diamond as big as the ritz yeah yeah so f scott fitzgerald yeah do you know it do you know the story um i read it many many moons ago really yeah yeah i read well i when i read i read the great gatsby and then i read that i think they're I think he has a very specific style, does uh, so. So do you rem- do you do you remember it? I don't remember loads, but I know. So do you remember the basic premise of it? Because really. the basic premise is fascinating. I think it. I think it kind of, you know, that like I said, I felt like through this episode, there's a lot of this streak of meanness through a lot of the characters, and it was like, where's that coming from? What does that mean? And how does it um, fit into this idea of couples and stuff, right? And. I was reading the. I haven't read the book because I don't read that much. But uh, I was reading the um, the synopsis of it, and without going into too much detail and without missing loads of stuff out, it's basically about this guy who's rich who finds out he's rich. He finds mm. out that his dad has a diamond as big as a mountain in like on some island or some sort of plot of land somewhere hidden away, and around that massive diamond is like a massive sort of. Um, mine of diamonds and just literally more diamonds than you mm. can possibly imagine so he freaks out he obviously thinks it's great but he freaks out and thinks if anyone finds out he's got all these diamonds it'll completely destroy the uh, value of diamonds so he's like why well, i need to defend this at all points and like he becomes very mean as a as a consequence of that that's how i understand it right yeah and so he becomes a bit of a dick and as you see from all the insecure characters or when all the um, quite dominant characters are insecure, they become quite mean in the episode. And it's, to me, it's kind of like their, their diamonds <laughs> sound like an idiot. <laughs> it's like their diamonds are almost like love, right? They're kind of their, or their compassion or some sort of thing that they don't want people to take advantage of. And the people that do show their diamonds or do show their kind of compassion, like say, um, I don't know, um, what's his name? Uh, Arthur or Lois or whoever. Even like, again, like Betty, kind of all these characters that kind of show how much they love the person that they love seem to get taken way more for granted. Does that scan with you or can't, am I just... Yeah, I mean, no, I get I get what you're saying, but that, you know, that whole story is basically a story of a benefactor. <laughs> so Yeah, totally, yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's one of them where I think... As I say, for me, it's all a, it's a big chain. It's a big, like, Don is protecting Sterling Cooper, then he's protecting his own, his job, then he's protecting, and, you know, he's, he's, you know, I think that's what that's about. Because, I mean, for me, I mean, I know Jimmy's a bit mean, but I think Jimmy's just a drunk. (laughs) But I think, I don't really see a mean streak in anyone else. It's just Don in this. You don't see a mean streak in anyone else? Not in this episode. You don't think, um... Betty was kind of mean to um, Arthur. 
No, I don't think she was mean to Arthur. He I was hitting so. on her. He was, but she was kind of like she kind of. Um, on the one hand, she wanted this kind of attention that he was giving her. Right? He was kind of. She was kind of soaking it up. And on the other hand, she's pushing him away and kind of like. And it's kind of he doesn't really know what's going. Like at the end, when he kind of goes into kisses, it's all been kind of like building up. And she kind of, she could have like put the brakes on it and said, no, stop. But, but she... hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Because that's, that's not fair. Because at the end of the day, he's the one who's getting married to someone. Yeah, totally. So totally. I'm sorry, but he's just as mean as she is. <laughs> fair enough. But I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that's not true. Like, I, I, I... I don't think there was, in within that exchange, I don't think, I mean, I think he was a dick for trying it on and she's a bit of a dick for being a prick tease. But, you know, I think ultimately... There was nothing in that exchange that made me think that was unjustly unfair. Whereas Don firing Lois was unjustly unfair. Like because of, because it was his fault. Right. And she suffered the consequences of it by losing her job. And she, the thing is, that's the thing is she, the difference between them is she's not important to the company, whereas he is. So he can do that. He has, he's got the power. He has power and she doesn't. But even in that relationship, that relationship that he has with with Bobby, you know, they meet and it's a power struggle. Yeah. And and I can't help but wonder, and I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know if she becomes a returning character or not. Yeah. Um, but my opinion of that is that I almost get the, the sense that he didn't really want to do that and that's what he did to save his own ass. Um, and actually... It's almost like it's like a weird sort of pimping situation going on there. What do you mean? Like he felt he had to pimp himself out to get her to do what he wanted her to do. Right, okay. Because she has power. I see what you mean. Um, Because that whole exchange in the hallway was like weirdly uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he literally did a Donald Trump and like grabbed her in the pussy. Can I- <laughs> like, honestly. Can, can I? All right, I've got a question for you. Okay. And do you, okay, so this is, do you think she, how do you think she felt about it? I mean, I think she wanted to fuck him. Do you think she, I don't want to say do you think she liked it, but I, I guess that's, that's basically what I'm trying to ask. Um, yes, I think she liked it, right. but I think the thing is, I think in her, she's almost like, uh, she's almost like his cat. She becomes almost like his counterpart. Like it's a game. Like mm. he rings her up and she's like, Oh, what are you doing? Like, do you have a dirty weekend or whatever? Mm. And he's just like, I'm at home with my children. She's <laughs> like, okay, well, you but know. Don't, don't you think it's a similar thing where like, obviously with Betty and, um, Arthur, Betty kind of, look, she kind of makes sure that she's on this trip, on this, like, on this weekend alone. And she's with him alone. She That's knows true. That she, she knows what she's kind of like, like I said, they're both in this relationship. Um, they're both in this marriage where neither one's getting what they want from the other, right? And they kind of want this kind of um, excitement or whatever. And Betty goes into this thing and she's like, she knows that this guy likes her. And she just wants to kind of, get that sense of excitement that's that's the way I maybe actually you know because I, I hadn't really considered the conversation that they had while he was like sat there like a lemon while the horse ate the grass yeah yeah. she's yeah. like you shouldn't let her 
did you sit tell there you what you, to do exactly like, you, you should be a man exactly take, well, take that bull by the horns exactly she is she is quite like that um but then I think there's a part of it. Yeah, I mean, because there's obviously that scene then later on after the exchange where she's like shaking, trying yeah. to light the cigarette. <laughs> yeah. um, I think maybe the thing is she's chosen almost like the wrong target for it. I, you say wrong. Why do you say wrong? Well, I mean, he's sort of like a bit wet, isn't he, really? But I, that's, I think that's kind of part of the attraction is he's not dangerous is yeah. he's not the cat that's what he's I'm a saying. star he's a starter a starter affair isn't he and yeah and he's kind of like where i'd say you know i was using that idea of benefactors and enablers where there's like a more dominant person mm. she's able to dominate this guy to kind of do almost what she wants not enough to at the point where she actually wants to run away with him but enough to kind of get the kind of thrill that she's kind of looking for and I feel like that's kind of how Bobby initially sees Don as this kind of guy who's she can kind of play with and toy with until obviously at the end where it kind of flips on its head. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But I think because of what's at stake, for, I mean, there's a difference because what's at stake for Don is a, is a lot bigger than potentially what's at stake for Bessie at that moment. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. I mean, he could oh, yeah, lose yeah. his job. yeah that he literally has no other choice. Like, because yeah. the only way to get into this woman's <laughs> pants or, or a bank or whatever you, or like to get her, to get her husband to apologize. I mean, the whole thing is so ridiculously convoluted, but you know, is to, is to give her that and then to sort of turn it on his head. Cause it's like, it goes from that where she's very much, or it feels like she's a bit more aggressive with it than she is. And then, like you say, the tables turn when he doesn't get what he, he almost like fucks her. And then they go and sit down to dinner and then she, he doesn't get his apology. And then he's like, fuck that's that bargain was, he didn't get, he wasn't the benefactor of the result of what the effort that he'd put in. Yeah. yeah. And so he therefore had to do something to turn it on its head. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, was I gonna, I, I'm trying. I keep coming back to this Lucky Strikes reference, and I can't remember why I thought it was an important reference. It's gonna kill me now because I'm like, there's loads of stuff that comes back to me about this show, right? Later on, after the fact, like for instance, one thing we didn't pick up on the first first episode. Remember we were talking about the first episode and how Don's trying to be really good. Yeah. Kind of one thing that I, we missed out. Well, we talked about it a bit, but we didn't talk about it enough. Is like another flip side of that episode was like people like protecting other people like being good by protecting other people and uh, it's just stuff that like like that that comes up and i'm like i've got nowhere to talk about it now but um so i'm I'm trying to be i'm trying trying, trying to make sure i get everything this time um is there any any other scenes that kind of stood out to you um i mean there's obviously we haven't talked about the belgian scene really yeah we haven't okay so let's talk about let's let's talk about it properly and then maybe i'll work out exactly why i think that's important that it reminds me of the lucky striker uh, thing what did you think about what did you think about peggy the way she was kind of watching the episode the the tv show and kind of what was going through her mind i mean peggy didn't even know she was pregnant until she had the baby so i think it was like (laughs) a little difficult for her to yeah I I didn't pick up on that at first, but yeah, she's kind of 
I, I guess that would have a massive effect on it. But what's what what what's really interesting to me is like obviously they're trying to get this show out on TV, and I don't know if Peggy kind of really agrees with it. You got to remember this is quite a this is uh, this is in the sixties or whatever, and this is a really really difficult subject to deal with. Mm. And I don't know if Peggy really did believe in the fact that that should go out on TV. But when the guy from Belgia Lee, I think his name's Elliot, asks her about it, she, she without even batting an eyelid, she goes, yes, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely the right thing to do. And I just wonder what you thought about that. Like, I mean, I can't get climb into Peggy's mind and say what I think was going through her head. But I, I, I'm, I mean, I think for me that was an authentic response okay yeah i mean i feel like because one of the things that happens when she says that is don looks at her like really surprised like i can't believe you'd say that sort of thing and i I... but i think that's because i think you know it was ballsy for her to say that really i mean i think don was probably a little bit he's he seems i mean he was kind of shocked when he saw that you know Jimmy's wife was also his manager. Like, yeah. I think Don has a very old-fashioned way of looking at women. And I think he, you know, he started to see Peggy as a bit of a bloke, really. Yeah. And then suddenly for her to come out and say something like that, and she's a young woman, yeah. you know, I think it... Or, I don't know, it, it naturally would make any anyone sort of stick their head up and go, oh, really? That person? Yeah. You know, that person who I've always thought just only cared about having babies and getting married like really so i think so the reason i ask is because to me it was i guess it was just i guess for me it was just like a really obvious um example of somebody helping someone else or like a benefactor sort of you know she's kind of like helping out the company and being like a team player Mm. um and the reason why i was so Cut off of in that whole sort of the flashback to um, Lucky Strike, the Lucky Strike meeting, is because the reason that kind of stood out to me was because of how it's a total like um, a total reverse of the whole thing. Whereas the whole episode is really about people working together and sort of like good and bad coming together and being whole as one and all that kind of stuff. Um, but in this, in that, in that little exchange it really flashes back to this ultimate kind of uh, competition. And because, like, you know, obviously um, Pete was in competition with Don and trying to take over his business. I just think it's a really subtle thing, but I like how it's kind of, like, just there and and it does kind of show how, I don't know, how things are different in this episode, I guess. Um, Yeah, that's that's why I can't remember. I can't remember. I don't know how I didn't i totally forgot that but there's another bit where um don says um there's a limit there's a limit to what you can get out of the daytime and that kind of again is like this thing of you know you've got daytime which suggests this um the idea of nighttime as well and how the two of them work together and how you can't have one without the other to get a whole um which also reminds me of um the scene where Harry is talking to his wife in bed. Uh, what did you think? Do you remember that scene? Well, after he's got his little raise and he's after sort he's of, got his yeah. Raise, yeah. And he's very happy with himself. There's a bit in that scene. I'm going to ask, I'll just ask you out straight out. 
there's a bit in that scene where he makes a little racist joke about Chinese people. <laughs> Did you notice that? Well, I don't... Uh, he comes in and his wife's knitting a little oh little yeah and he seat. says yeah yeah okay yeah yeah uh, what did you think of that because that i think that kind of helps you know put a button on what the episode's about i don't know it's a trick question <laughs> i haven't much. really it's thought a, much about it to, be, it, to be fair it's a trick question because i kind of like i spent ages thinking about it and trying to work out why they would put that in there because at first i thought it had something to do with this whole mean streak that i'm seeing in the episode mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's a bit in there, but really, to me, what it was was, um, you know, there's a bit. You remember in um, is it what, which episode is that? Marriage of Figaro, mm. um, which is like the third episode in the first season. Um, when Pete comes back from his honeymoon, and he goes into his office. There's this Chinese family in there. Oh yeah. So that's the f- the only real reference to any chi- anything Chinese in the in the show, right? Right. And the thing about that episode is, to me, it was about kind of dualities and how, like, you know, you've got the mind and the body and how they work together and stuff, mm. and how you've got these two, basically, you've got dualities and two things that kind of work together to become a whole. I think that's kind of what that episode that that's what that the booty was all about oh my god seriously like when we're on like season five and Fola's going like do you remember this episode from like season two where where they made a joke about you well know, you say that because like i'm just gonna be like no because you, you make a good point there because like so like in the first season i was i was watching all these shows and i was coming up with all these like philosophers and like all these different concepts and stuff and and in this, I've been trying to do it in this season and I haven't really been able to do it that much and they haven't made that many references to uh, philosophers and stuff. But they have, they make way more references to earlier seasons and I think what they've done is they've replaced the philosophers with just references to the own show now. I don't know if they'll do that for the rest of this, the rest of the series, but um, it's definitely kind of a shift. So it's not as... It doesn't feel as, um, I don't know, hard to find. Or it doesn't feel... I feel like I've got less to say about the show because it's... Less stuff is hidden, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, maybe that's the... Maybe that's the tone that it's taking. I mean, it is sort of... It it is different. Um, Like I say, I feel a little bit more like... Like I say, this episode was a bit more filler like I don't really I don't really know what it was trying to say like in terms of like in terms of progressing the characters I mean there's not really anything new in there for me like right, there's, okay. it's all still there was it was all kind of stuff that had already been you know yeah Dom's a cheat John Don's a cheater and yes you know he'll do anything for his job and yes he treats his wife like she's some sort of like soldier that he command and yes betty's flirting with danger still but still hasn't done anything like it's very it just felt very like repetitive like to me i tell you yeah i i think i think when you say it felt very repetitive i think you're i think i agree in the like i said i feel like this is almost like the actual start of the season where they're basically saying this is how things are that's like the first two seasons were the first two episodes were basically Don trying to be good, trying to be different, 
trying to kind of like play by the rules and do what everyone says, but he's finding it really hard to kind of keep that going. And this episode is basically saying all the stuff that you came to know in the first season of Mad Men about how Don, you know, all the things you just said, basically, they're all still there. Um, Well, the thing (laughs) is, nothing's changed. Everything is still true. I mean, at the end of the episode, Harry is still paid less than Ken. Don is still a cheater. Betty is still this, you know. It's very much a... The only person who really has a life-altering consequence is Lois. Um, You know, everyone else, like they they have the apology and everything goes back to normal and everyone sort of accepts it and kind of moves on with life. You know, Roger's still smoking when he shouldn't be smoking because he's had two heart attacks. Like, it's the the same... Oh, yeah, he does It's just the same shit, man. It's just like, um, you know, I was kind of just a bit meh about it in a lot of ways, this episode. Okay. Um... You know, I just kind of felt like there was nothing in there. It's like, oh, Don's having another affair. Right, okay. You know, oh, great. It's a bit like... Um, is it, and I think that there's a, there, there is a truth in that that's important, in yeah. that, you know, it's almost like he has gone through this like weird evolution, but maybe that's what the episode is saying, is that really... He's still the same person. He's the same. Well, everything's the same. Like, nothing Nothing's has really changed. changed. Yeah, nothing's changed. You know, <laughs> every... It, it is the same and it's kind of like even with the TV advert the the Belgian-y bloke didn't pick it up he still had his flirtation with Sal Sal still didn't respond to it like you know well I thought that um, Sal not responding to it was kind of more so I think there's another thing in this episode of um, risk taking and how people seem to benefit from taking risks and I think when Sal when he says hi to Sal that's kind of Almost like the same thing that happens in the in the whole scene where um, Elliot kind of turns down. He doesn't want to take the risk of, um, you know, putting this advert out just in case he's wrong. And, you know, obviously Sal didn't want to take the risk of going up to Elliot's bedroom. And, yeah, I feel like that's what the full stop was. That's why that was there. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm just trying to make this episode. But it's all still hidden. It's all still hidden. You know, it's ever there is nothing in that off. The only thing that's different is there's no bloody Pete. Like, where the hell's Pete? <laughs> that's like... what, I was just like, where's I actually miss him? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I miss Pete. I'm like, where's Pete? Where? Because I've got, you know, I can't. There's only, you know, these characters. Are, I mean, they're all pretty hideous in this one. Like, you know, Jimmy's hideous, and um, they're all fairly hideous. Yeah. Um, but I actually missed Pete. I was like, oh, where's Pete? Bless him. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I can't believe you missed Pete. I know, I hate Pete. Like, really I, don't know, but I was like, well, the whole way through, I was like, where is he? Pete is a weird character that everyone does say that. I guess Pete's the one character in this in this show that kind of will do things where you can actually get angry about him. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what people like in their drama is like someone to hate. But I think I think it's more than that. I think like with Pete, like he has had a proper sort of storyline where he he had sex with Peggy then he got married then he got back from his honeymoon then he got Peggy pregnant he's been on but he doesn't journey. know about it yeah <laughs> he's been you know he blackmailed Don like he actually has done quite interesting things yeah 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 whereas Don just seems to get into like some sort of either macho race or some sort of affair in every other episode <laughs> you know he's like I feel like and Peggy's had it a little bit as well like she's had more interesting story like him like Pete and Peggy are sort of like 
a bit like the glue for me. I mean, even Joan was lame in this episode. Like, you know, she's like, can I get you some coffee? Like, I mean, come on, come on. Yeah, we, like, we, we want more from Joan than that. Jo- but Joan was kind of like, you know, she, she, she was like, um, she was like this perfect idea of not just, I, I wouldn't say that the, the episode's just about um, risk, but it's also about competency as well, right? And she's like the most competent person in the whole world. She comes in and she knows exactly what to do. She knows how to work with, with, um, with Don and, and how to tell him how to do his job without being overly sort of like pushy and without being too meek and sort of like, you know, really kind of... I think you, you what you were saying about how... Or what we were both saying about how... Um, Harry and um, and his wife are like a really good couple because they can push each other back and they know their boundaries and they know who each other is. I never so, said I thought they were a good couple. Well, I, I think they were a couple. Um, why do Why do you not think they're a good couple? <laughs> I think. Well, I think she. I think it's very much a lot of these. You know, the characters they have the same goal, um, and I think that's it's interesting when you have you compare it to people like like Arthur. But I'll get into that. Like I think she's in it for the money right you know she's having this baby she wants him to get a raise she wants oh because what does she say to him she says something like oh you know i get to tell my friends that he's the head of television or whatever do you know what i mean and it feels very much like she's the the typical sort of married him because of what he can offer her rather than like the fact that she picks up the phone she's like what have i done and then she's like (laughs) well you know you need to like as soon as he's like oh i found out this yeah he's like well she's like well you need to do something about it you know okay i think it's i think i don't think they're a good couple i think i think harry is a character very weak and i think what it was really interesting that shot where he goes in to see uh roger Roger, because they do like, um, and I don't remember many shots from many things because my brain is like a sieve, but I do remember there was almost like a Roger point of view shot as as Harry walks in. And it's sort of like normally when you do like a low angle shot, it's to make someone look powerful. Right, right, okay. But Harry just looks so uncomfortable <laughs> and so like scared yeah, because he's been caught summoned to the office. He's sort of like messing with his buttons and like that kind of thing. And... You just think he's not, he's not, he doesn't belong in this world. Like he's trying to, he's pretending he belongs in this world, but he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. And yeah. I think it's very much like, but for him, he's an interesting character. I like him as a character, but he, he doesn't belong in that world. He's too nice but to be in that I'm, world. This is what I'm saying. Like, that's why it reminds me of like how Don would be um, when he first started. Don, you gotta remember, like Don, he wasn't born into this. He was kind of, he was just trying things out. He was just trying to make his way in the world, and sort of didn't really know anything. He's not from. We all know he's not from privilege. We know he's not part of this world. We know he was like born in the in the Hicks and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, to imagine him sort of walking into that office and asking for a raise and just meeting Don, meeting uh, Roger for the first time, it's kind of like. This whole, like you say, like him sort of not fitting in and not sort of being part of that. That's kind of what it all meant to me. I mean, I guess, I guess. I mean, I you get a flavour that Dom is definitely a different kind of personality to Harry, though. Oh, yeah, now. Nah. Well, that's what I mean, like now. No, not, not now. No, I think always. Because, I mean, even the fact that he, you know lied and didn't go back to his parents even the fact that the first time he saw betty he bought her a fur coat that was like yeah that, true. that's not ha- what harry would do like he's got that 
sort of, you know, that the thing with Don is, is he knows how to make an impact. Yeah. Right. That's that's his sort of quality. Okay. Whereas Harry, Harry's quality isn't that, and he's sort of like. They're not the same. But, I don't think they're the same. Okay, so how about this, right? So instead of saying Harry is like Don, mm. how about Harry is like Dick Whitman? I mean, or we, closer yeah. to. I don't think. I mean, like I say, I don't. I've not seen anything further, but I couldn't. I wouldn't feel like happy because I've seen Dick Whitman as a boy, and I've seen him <laughs> in Vietnam. So uh, the way I feel about Dick Whitman that we have seen so far is any time, I don't think I'm spoiling anything here, but any time you see Don, any time you see Don scared and worried and sort of his hair sort of like his hairline kind of isn't perfect and it's kind of hanging over his head, that's Dick Whitman. Mm. And he's a bit more of a nervous person. He's a bit more kind of unsure of himself. He's a bit more just kind of on his feet kind of terrified of things um yes yeah, so i don't know maybe you're right but then maybe but the, i mean this all comes back to the potential thing that i think i've said a few times now is that you know mad men or the ad men as they were known you know they're they're actually just inflated egos of themselves like they're not even real people mm. i mean there's a I don't know, anyone can watch it. I don't know if you've seen it, but on Vice, there's a, a series called The True Story Of, dot, 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 and they do, like, Breaking Bad, and they've got one about Mad Men. Oh, they? Where they meet... Um, oh, God, I've got this book here somewhere. This book This book is called Damn Good Advice for, Ta- for People with Talent um, by George Lois, and he was one of the original Mad, Mad Men. Men. Right, okay. Um, and uh, anyway, Vice, you can watch it for free on their website or on their YouTube channel, but they do a series uh, and they do an episode that's like the true story behind Mad Men. Mm. They go and meet him, and they but they also meet his colleagues, and what's really interesting is like he's like a huge, he's got a huge ego. He's like takes credit for everything <laughs> and like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then they like interview his buddies who were like in the agency with him, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, the biggest problem was his ego. Like people <laughs> fell out with him about it. Like people... Because it, he went into everything with so much confidence and gusto. Yeah. Now, whether that's who he truly is or not, we, we won't don't. ever know. Yeah, totally, yeah. But it is that whole, like, building of the facade, of the whole, like, this is what we can offer. This is, you know, even when he, like I say, that moment in the car was almost uncomfortable for me because I felt like he didn't do that necessarily because he wanted to do that. Yeah. He did that because he felt he had, had to, to do that. Right, right. Um, and that's what sort of a bit weird about it because you sort of see actually he's stuck in this sort of uncomfortable world as well. Yep, yep. Um, yep. And you have to have thick skin to go through it and I think Harry isn't, is not is different in the sense that oh, I he, don't think he'll he's never gonna, do. He'll never become that person. But I don't think he, I don't know. I mean, I get, I don't think he's going to be in the series that long. Okay. In, that's the sort of thing, that I'd, a prediction I'd make. Well, I can't spoil anything. Oh, I mean, I'm not really that fast. Like, I mean, I like him as a character, but he's not one of my faves. Right, so. We have Paul as well. We miss Paul this episode. Paul, no, Paul and Paul. his beard. None of that. No. No, Paul. Um, about another thing about that scene, I just want to talk about a bit because I'm kind of not sure how I feel about it 100%. But like, obviously you go into the scene and he comes into the office. And like I said before, you've got this shot of, um, of, of Roger and it's like perfectly symmetrical, almost perfectly symmetrical. Mm. There's one 
there's a little bit there's a on on the left hand side of his of his desk there's a there's like a a, a bulb like a, a lamp mm-hmm. sorry and it's kind of like um it's illuminating almost like it's like there's like a letter underneath and it's like illuminating that letter and okay this is a bit of a a weird thing out out there thing but i do that all the time now so um to me that kind of i don't and this is like a really sort of out there thing but to me that whole scene or that the week the reason that was set up like that is because you've got these two different sides of of a half right you've got these and they're both kind of they're both sort of like jarring against each other but the letter is kind of almost like the the side with the with the light bulb on is almost like the brighter side it's like the the stronger side and in this scene you've got two people like you've got two people that are benefactories or whatever and obviously roger is more in control because he's hiding stuff he's kind of he's not the roger that we know he kind of you know he's very sort of stern and Mm. just sitting and he kind of holds stuff back and he lies to um he likes to Harry about how much um, other people get paid in the company, and he very much sort of like is the sort of the main benefactor. Let's say, hmm. let's just say, because like obviously Harry's kind of just basically invented an entire department, and they're going to benefit from that. But he's like the you know benefactor with a small b, and um, Roger's like the benefactor with a big b, and I feel like that's kind of why you've got that. Um, uh, perfectly symmetrical shot wow <laughs> I got that <laughs> wow everyone I think, I think that's uh, I think that's game over <laughs> what do you but do you that has any validity I'm just kind of like I'm just making stuff I mean I don't know like I guess any shot you could sort of read into a lot but you could I mean I, I, I still don't really get the hailstones that's the one for me like what's your theory on that is it was there symmetrical hailstones or no like... that's that's what I'm saying like the hailstones are just kind of to me it's just it's more about this idea of sex and how you know cold means sex and and it and you know how it reflects on um the indian summer episode where that was the end that was literally the end of summer and it was everything was about to get cold and this is like the last kind of almost like the very last um call of of the cold it's like you know, hailstones are like. I don't really understand weather. Weather, <laughs> I, like I don't really like it's because it's almost like you know that that's the last time it's going to be like that, right? That year, in in theory, right? Because it's kind of it's April. I mean, I think you're making making assumptions. I mean, you can get hailstones. Yeah, I'm making. Yeah, totally. I'm totally making assumptions, but that's. It's all I got, really. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying is I think it's like it's quite hard because I mean I did think like there must have been a specific because it's raining they don't come out and it's hailstoning yeah. it doesn't hailstone until they get into the car. Okay. That it's just raining because that's the whole reason he's like oh I'll give you a lift it's raining it's raining it's raining I'll give you a lift and then they get in the car and then the hailstones start. Yeah. And it's like I was that's been bugging me because I'm like why hailstones because they could have just had it as they could have just left it at raining yeah that's what but I they mean. didn't that's what i mean that's what i'm like specifically like hailstones to me 
Of so the, you think it's a direct reference to Indian Summer? Massively, yeah. I think okay. I think there's an, I think there's enough references to Indian Summer in this. I mean, I guess you'd have to remember Indian Summer really well, which I don't. So, because <laughs> like I don't really remember like five episodes ago, <laughs> I can remember the last like two. That's about it. Um, Fair enough. But you um, know, yeah. I think. I mean, I think you can. I think you know any artistic interpretation you can say, oh, this this means this. I think it's. It's all valid. It's all valid. Death of the author. Mm. I know what that means now. Um, <laughs> uh, what else should we talk about? Um, is there anything that I you... I got nothing. You've got nothing. I got nothing. Okay. Filler. Um, right, I'm going to look through and see if I can find anything... All right, I'm going to have a Harry Bow. ...particularly fascinating that came up in this episode. Um, but I think we might just have to leave it there. Um, How long is that? It's an hour. That's long enough. <laughs> Let the poor people go. <laughs> but I was like, I have to give you all the information. Um, let me just look. Uh, we didn't really talk about the um, the scene where everyone comes into Don's office. Yeah, to tell they're all like, whose fault is that? Yes. And then I- they're like, and that's why Paul Lois gets the chop. Yes. Yeah. Well, I I think what's really cool about that episode is how it comes into it and it's like the last thing that sal says obviously is you know you have to be if you're not if you haven't got any merit what are you doing here and the next thing we see is obviously don on his own at his desk and then all these people come in and it's all up to don to fix and again that's that's another thing where it's like a little link between the two of them obviously harry has no kind of he doesn't have his hooks into the company yet. No. But Don is kind of like the bedrock of the company and he has to fix anything that goes wrong. Yeah, I, but it's... it's. But the, the difference is, is it's his responsibility to fix it. Right. And he wasn't doing his responsibility because he was at the cinema. This is true. So this that's is true. the difference. Is it's like, it's not like we know that... You know, we don't know that Harry's been doing a bad job. We just know that he's not as an integral cog... <laughs> as say Don is but the difference is Don is skiving off and going to the cinema and like bonking whoever Lois is covering for him and Lois gets the chop for it but that's the thing isn't it so like Don can do whatever the hell he wants because he has this so why does he fire Lois then because he's blaming Lois but why because he doesn't have to fire Lois but he needs to well it's not that he has to it's more a kind of Again, it's that mean streak, isn't it? It's that kind of you can do that, and he can take it. He can take his um, his anger out on whoever he wants, and she's just she's there, and she she has no. She is, this is like what I'm saying. Like she's the defender. She's the one that kind of. But she doesn't defend herself. I'm not saying no. She doesn't defend herself. Mm. She defends him. Lois. Yeah. She doesn't defend him. She even says, "What did she say?" Um, I. She I, says, I cover for you. And he says, you don't cover for me. But you, she says, I cover for you. Yeah. I defend you. But that's the thing. That she's, she, but she's covering. She is covering for him. She's telling the truth. Yeah. And she's, that's what I mean. That she's the defender. She's in this whole, in my mind, the defender episode. The, the, the benefactor episode of the defenders. She would be the defender. She would be the other side of the coin. Lois, <laughs> um, but yeah and there's, there's loads of stuff in this this scene that we kind of i guess we haven't really looked at but yeah, i guess we don't need to do we 
I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it other than they none of them want to take responsibility for what happened. And what happened was, what should have happened was Jimmy should have got fired. Like, the ultimate thing is but because <laughs> of the various stakeholders, I suppose, the various benefactors, that isn't what happened. Yeah, I guess. Because, I mean, why wouldn't they just fire him? Because they can't, because he's too powerful. He's too, he's got a contract. He's got a contract, and he's too powerful, and he's too competent. And Weirdly yet, there enough. he is, advertising potato chips. Weirdly enough, he can... Yeah. <laughs> How powerful is someone who... like? I always think when I see like Gary Lineker on the old Walkers advert, I'm a bit like, they must be paying you a shitload of money to do that. Because, oh my God... What does that say about you? <laughs> but then there's a whole... It's interesting you say that because there's... When Don and um, Bobby are having that little chat-up session in the black and white bar, um, Don kind of makes this big sort of over-the-top statement about... Oh, what does he say? He, talk, he calls... He calls them... Um, he says that... Um, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? God, I've lost all my notes today. They're all over the place. Uh, he basically likens everything he does to some sort of like artistic endeavor and it's like this lofty thing and yeah you're kind of right it's like it (laughs) they're not doing anything particularly amazing is they're selling potato chips but this is the thing look at the situation yeah selling potato chips and they're all arguing squabbling over you know, because he insulted these this like fancy couple that yeah. were involved somehow, the owners of the potato crisps. I'm guessing, but he, but like, like it all could have gone away if someone had, could have just gone. He's an asshole. Let's get rid of him. Let's get rid of him and get someone new. But yeah. no, it's like they didn't want to lose money because yeah. they would, as she mentioned, they would have had to pay him anyway. Yeah. So it is kind of like it is monetary value. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's kind of all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay. I have anything else to say? Fair enough. I was going to try and find this thing that she called that that he this name that he uses. I can't find it. Anyway, one more thing I want to say about that scene, and then we can leave it. We can end it. Um, the um, the references to Pinocchio keep coming up. Pinocchio. Yeah, I did not get any of those. There was a well, not not there was only one. Oh, um, right. <laughs> Which one? He basically said that um, um, someone suggested that um, a Jimmy called the lady the whale in Pinocchio. Oh yeah. Um, but Aww. then there was also the the reference to Pinocchio in the first episode when Lois was kind of got told off by Peggy. <laughs> I do remember that actually and that kind of and I was wondering why that keeps coming up because you said that's like totally out of the time well, I think zone. it is isn't it well Pinocchio obviously is a puppet and Don at the moment feels like he's being dragged around on strings oh my god <laughs> and uh, one more thing and that's it and I'll stop talking about it there's loads and loads of references to um, Native Americans in this show and I was trying to work out like where they come from because I understand the horses thing kind of I understand the horseshoes and understand the um, the shrimps and the crustaceans and stuff, but I don't get. I didn't get where why they kept bring, coming up with Native Americans, right? And I was a uh, I was on the um, I was on the Mad Addicts 
um, right. Facebook page. And I started thinking about this. And it kind of hit me, right, that... Um, so this is kind of a long, long, long convoluted thing. But, like, Don is basically... But Don took on someone else's identity, right? Right. And essentially that's what America does now where they stole the identity of the native american people well they didn't even do that they they effectively drove them out and just took their land exactly and so for me the whole point with don is it kind of he kind of reflects like obviously america at this time like within these 10 years but he also reflects um like just america in general and just kind of like the this is why it came up on the on the facebook page i asked like what um what is it that don's done so wrong like what what why does why does why do people see him as a bad person what (laughs) yeah that's that's what a lot of people said (laughs) oh my god (laughs) what has he done that's so wrong and like because the my my thought behind this was He's done a lot of things wrong. I get it, right? But when you think about him in context of where he came from, and like you don't know the full story yet, but you know most of it, you know a lot of it about him. Sort of like his mum dying when he was born, and you know his dad being abusive, and like the the new woman being abusive, and all this kind of stuff. It kind of he's in this situation where he's managed to drag himself up, you know into this kind of stratosphere and he's like made all this money and he's made something of himself which in its own way is a positive thing right Mm. but with that comes this whole sort of this cutting off of his subconscious almost he's like he's sort of he doesn't really know how to deal with life and you can only really do things wrong if you know that there's a right way of doing them no, I disagree with that. Okay, okay. <laughs> you can't say that. Okay, go, go. On. Well, you you just can't. You can't say, oh, you know, you, you're not doing. I mean, like just because I'm sorry, but just because you come from a poor background, even if you know, God forbid, you've been abused in any way, that doesn't give you the right to go and like murder and rape and like. I'm sorry. So, but, and like you know, behave in a it, inappropriate way. It definitely doesn't give you the no. right to murder and rape, but. So far. Does it give you a right to be an asshole then? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's my no, point. No, I don't think it does because okay. you know what? There are plenty of people who are born with a silver spoon in their mouth, get everything they ever wanted, and they are mega assholes. <laughs> and by your logic, that means that they should be the nicest people in the world because mm. they've had everything. Okay. 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 So it's like it doesn't work that way. Okay. You know, I'm sorry, but it's a. I you know I appreciate that that poor Dick Stroke Dom has had a, a Dom. I keep calling him Dom. Don has had you know a rough time of it all yeah but at the end of the day it doesn't excuse his behavior he's still you know someone who's driven by a lot of bad things but that's what i mean that's what i'm saying is it's not that i'm not saying he does anything right i'm not saying he's a good person i'm not saying he does things right what i'm saying is he does things that are bad but in relative terms he's just messed up and I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just sort of like trying to see it from a point of view of like, okay, so what, what is the right way for this character to 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 to, to act? What is like, what are his options and stuff? I don't think we need to answer that question now. I'm just kind of, it's just something that's percolating in my brain. I don't know. I don't know if you've got anything to say about that. 
I mean, I think you have to ask yourself why anyone does the things that they do. I mean, you can't, like, yes, Don is a constructed character, but unfortunately, you know, we're all born with weird... Like, when I was a kid, I used to shoplift. I don't know why I used to shoplift. I have no idea. Like, um, because it wasn't like I didn't have pocket money or stuff like that, but it it was a compulsion and Mm. it was, you know... I don't do it anymore, just to say. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like one of those where I, at one point I stole, um, probably the weirdest thing I ever stole was a, this like vibrating hamster toy. Right. And I literally had no idea why I took it. <laughs> but I don't know, it was for the buzz, I guess. Like when you're a kid and it's like, you know, you get a little rush if you get away with it. The buzz. Little, yeah. And maybe that's why he does it. Maybe it's just the thing that it's like why Betty flirts with guys and odd mm. children. Like... You know, she she gets a bit of a kick out of it and it's something that keeps you going, makes your life interesting. I feel like there's a bigger conversation here, so I don't think we're going to get to the bottom of it now, but I just, yeah, I feel like... I can't wait for that episode. It's going to be the episode where <laughs> we argue about whether intrinsically if Don is a good person or not. And my answer will be no. And your answer will be yes. And we'll talk about it. Well, I... Okay, I, I don't want to go into it too much, but I will say, I think a lot of this show is about not just the person, but like the influence on the person and the subtle things that make us do things that we might not necessarily want to do and our options when we do those things. And yeah, I think I'm going to leave it there and maybe... We can finish it. Maybe, no, no, we've got nothing else to say. I'm just going to leave it there as leave, well. Leave, and, it on a, leave it on a, on a cliffhanger. I and need more wine. So, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. Well, all that's left to say is... Uh, don't forget, everyone, um, and this is really, really um, relevant this time, Sopranos is better. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> see you later, everyone. Bye. Bye.